ELC Radio. Hey everybody, I hope you're all doing well, and I hope you're enjoying the podcast. This week, we are talking about being relentless. We need to be relentless in our pursuit of God. There are so many examples of that throughout the Word of God, so enjoy. Love God, lift others. Welcome to Elevate Life Church. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy another Elevated message. Here's our very special guest from Elevate Life Church Youth Ministries, Chris Sarah. I'm excited to be here this morning. Obviously, uh, I am not Pastor Sergio, but if you squint just enough, we're both tall Latinos, so... You know, you might be able to kind of make that outline, so uh, th- that might help you out. Again, my wife and I are the children's directors here. We love working with your awesome kids, and uh, as the church has been growing, our children's department continues to grow. Um, so if you feel at all called to empower the future, hopefully that's most of us in this room, if not all of us, then please see us and see how you can be a part of our team and be a- make an impact in these kids, all right? That's enough for my shameless uh, children's ministry plug, although it is the funnest, coolest, and we get snacks. Just saying. Um, but uh, a few weeks ago, I met with uh, Pastor Sergio, and he, he was asking me to speak, and um, it was really encouraging for me just because uh, I, I hold Pastor Sergio in the highest esteem in this church and, and everything that we do here um, with high value. So when he asked me to preach, it was a big honor for me uh, to be able to share this pulpit this morning. Um, so I'm excited to be here. I've really taken some time to dig and see what God wants to speak to us this morning. Uh, so before we get started, let's pray real quick, and then we'll dive into this. Father, we thank you for everyone that's here. We thank you for what you are doing in and through our church, God. We thank you that your presence is here already. And if there's any barriers holding us back from receiving what you have for us this morning, that you would just break all those chains, all those walls, so that we might hear your living word for us this morning. We thank you, Father. Amen. Amen. All righty. So, again, uh, Pastor's been talking about uh, being relentless, right? If you guys haven't had a chance, make sure you jump on that podcast, get the app, listen to the word. Uh, this last week, I spent some time just refreshing myself, seeing, okay, what, what's God been speaking over this series? And uh, a couple things that stood out to me were pursuit and relentless, right? Obviously, relentless. And uh, when I was thinking about this word relentless, I was thinking about my friend Bob. I'm just going to call him Bob. I don't really have a friend named Bob. I have a friend Rob, but uh, this isn't about him. So, um, But some of us have a friend like Bob, right? And for those of you who, after I share this, go, man, I ain't got no friends like Bob. You might want to check yourself because you might be Bob. Bob is one of those people who is relentless in being right. No matter how wrong he is, he is relentless in being right. You cannot convince him otherwise when he has set his mind on something that he is right. At one point, we were talking about cartoons because he has little kids, and he was talking about, oh, yeah, man, my kids love all these different cartoons, man. He goes, I wish cartoons were like they used to be, though. And I was like, yeah, I feel that. I grew up on cartoons. I love cartoons. Saturday morning, before school, after school. X-Men came on right before I got ready for school. Batman came on when I got home from school. I was all about that life. 
all right? So we started talking about cartoons, and he was like, you know what I like, man? Looney Tunes. I was like, Psh, I'm with that. I feel you. Amen. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, man, I love Bugs the Duck and Daffy Bunny. What? Um, actually, it's a, you're joking, right? So, no, man, I love that cartoon, man. It's a good cartoon. I was like, it's, you know, it's the other way around, right? He goes, what, their names are wrong? Yeah. He goes, oh, and are you sure, or were they different animals? I'm like, no, it was Bugs Bunny. I know what I'm talking about. I'm like, dude, you've seen the cartoon, right? Well, well actually, uh, I've never seen it, but, you know, it's a classic. Everybody knows about it. Everybody knows who Bugs Bunny is, all right? I was like, you just said it. No, no I mean, you know what I meant, Holmes. You know what I meant. So we go on and on in this argument, and finally I just said, you know what? Let me settle this, because I've experienced it. I've seen it. I've had the absolute pleasure of watching Looney Tunes my whole life, and Tiny Tunes, and Baby Looney Tunes. I know them. I've seen them grow up, okay? So I went, dug up my VHS player, found Space Jam, and put him on game, okay? I let him see for himself what really is Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck, and at the end of it all, we both believed we could fly, all right? If you've never seen Space Jam, I'll pray for you as well. Um, but my point of this is that there are often people who will like to tell us about stuff that they think they know. They think they know about God, but they've never really experienced him. They think they know about what it is to be in his presence, but all they know is the hearsay or, or the, oh, yeah, I've talked to church people before. But they've never actually experienced them for themselves. And when you actually experience something for yourself, you know what the right answer is. You know what's real and what's not. And that's what we're talking about this morning, is having not just a knowledge of who God is, but an experience of his presence. And I don't want to talk about just having an experience with his presence, but not just living through an experience that you've had with God, but living in a constant experience in his presence. Because it's not about the one-time event. It's not about the Sunday service or the Wednesday service or that time you went to camp. It's about something living in and through you. See, in this life, we'll often forget about things that have happened to us. Good or bad, we'll forget about things that happened to us. But we'll never forget what's happening in us right now. And that's what God wants to do. He doesn't want to just have something happen to you. He wants something to be constantly changing in you, constantly growing in you, constantly becoming new. The word said his, his mercies are fresh every morning, right? They're not stale. They're not yesterday. They're not kind of, sort of. But they're new every day. Our experiences with God are new every single day. Every single time that we press into his presence is a new experience with him. I mean, how jacked up would it be if God said, okay, so Sunday uh, when you come in and you come to praise and worship and you get the service and stuff, that is the only time you can experience me, and uh, same time next week. See ya. I mean, that'd be kind of weak. Like, okay, man, I got I a fiend for that next Sunday service. Oh, man, I hope they throw in a Wednesday service soon, because I don't know if I can make it a whole week. 
But that's not what he says. He says that we can have him with us all the time. Summertime, wintertime, all the time. Right? I like what uh, one of my favorite authors in this book, Pursuit of God, says this. He says, the Bible is not an end to itself, but it's a means to bring men into an intimate and satisfying knowledge of God. That they may enter into him, that they might delight in his presence. They might taste and see the inner sweetness of the very God himself in their core, in their center of their hearts. God's will is that we should push into his presence and live our whole lives there. It's more than a doctrine to be held. It's a life to be enjoyed every moment of every day. See, I grew up, like Pastor Tina said, in church. I went to church every week. Matter of fact, I was probably at church four or five times a week. And Sunday, we didn't just have the 10 o'clock service. We had the 8 o'clock service. We had the 10 o'clock Sunday school, the 11 o'clock service, and the 5.30 bilingual service. Okay? So a lot of times, we didn't even go home on Sunday. We didn't eat until after church when we had that little couple hours in between the next service to go somewhere and come back. That was every week of my life, which is great, which is cool. I knew that my life revolved around church. Now, if you're a parent in here, do me a favor and raise your hand. All right, there's a lot of you. I'm a doggy parent, so it doesn't really count. But, um, but as your children's director, here's my challenge for you today. Don't just bring your kids to church. Don't just let them see you be involved or help them get involved. Don't just let them know that church is something that we do. But let them see you at home, entering into his presence, turning off the TV, going into your prayer closet. Let them hear you praying, crying over them, believing that he's going to do amazing things. Let them see you in and out of season worshiping and praising him. When things are going bad, you cry out and you have faith that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. When things are going well, you're going to praise him and thank you for the next victory that you're going to get. That in every season, your kids will see you pressing into him. Because although my parents did a great job and I know that they had those moments with God, I never saw it. So when my life and my circumstances changed, when the church changed for me, the church is what my life revolved around. It wasn't his presence and it wasn't him. So if we want, like Pastor was talking about in the first week, to be people that are devoted to him, who are disciples of him, if we want to raise kids who become adults, who are disciples of him, they need to see more than just church. They need to see his presence at home. It's God's will that we live in his presence. Now, uh, I grew up, like I said, I grew up on a lot of TV. And uh, had my parents, my church, and my box TV, all right? And then teachers and stuff, too, I guess. But check this out. I, I used to love uh, Reading Rainbow, right? Anybody love Reading Rainbow? Right? The other show that, uh, that I used to often watch because my dad was all about Star Trek was uh, Star Trek Next Generation, right? So this is a little side note. I was a little confused at one point in time because in one show, LeVar Burton was reading books 
to kids. And in another show, he was blind. So it kind of threw me off. I'm like, Dad, how's he? Are they Braille? Or is, how's he? He's, Mijo, it's, it's a show. It's not the same. And in my little mind, I'm like, he's in space, and he's got the thing, and he can't see, but he can read. So hard. I'm still, sometimes to this day, I'm a little confused. I'm not going to lie. But one thing that always stuck out to me about the Reading Rainbow is he would share about the book, right? And then he would say, you guys remember what he would say? Anybody? There you go. But don't take my word for it. <laughs> That's what he would say, right? So again, this morning, I want to dive into some scripture. And uh, that's one thing I love about Pastor Sergio. Every time he preaches, he's going to bring the word. He's going to back up whatever he speaks with the word. And that's one thing that I love to do. Uh, so this morning, as I said, it's, not, it's God's will that we should live in his presence. But don't take my word for it. We're going to jump into some scriptures here. See, in the entire Bible is about being in his presence. In Genesis 3.8, we see it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, or the God, among the trees. So you see, in the beginning, we were able to just be in his presence. And then sin separated us from that. And we had to go about different ways to try to get into his presence. But we did not have direct access to the Father until Jesus came. Emmanuel, God with us, brings us back into his presence. Hebrews 7.19 says this. It says, for the law made nothing perfect. On the other hand, there is the bringing of a better hope in which we draw near to God. I like the message version. It says this. It says, the former way of doing things... A system of commandments that never worked out the way it was supposed to was set aside. The law brought nothing to maturity. Another way, Jesus, a way that does works, that brings us right into the presence of God. See, in his grace, God buys us back. He made a way for us to not have to go through anyone else or through anything else, but we can enter into his presence. It doesn't say anything in those scriptures about, oh, that's at church. It says that we can enter into his presence. There's no limits on where, when, or how that happens. But yet, a lot of us walk around with just, okay, I got to make sure I get to church because that's where Jesus is. But it's not. Jesus is right here in us, through us. Take a second to think about that real quick, though. Jesus walked among us. He was with us. And I know some of you guys are thinking, well, they didn't sin like we do now. Okay, they did. It was just different. There was the same amount of sin. And Jesus walked around, saw all the stuff they were doing, and still said, I die for them. That's a whole message on itself. We can close up and wrap up and be done and get to the buffet like Pastor likes to say. All right. <laughs> but they closed down hometown, so. <laughs> so we just got to wait for our reservations now. Um, but in this, Christ reconciled us to the Father. He reopens access so that once we were once exiled from his presence, we can now come into it. Yeah. Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, so let us come boldly 
to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Again, I like the message version. It says this. It says, now that we know what we have, Jesus, the great high priest, is ready with access to God. Let's not let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who's out of touch with the reality. He's been through our weakness, testing, experience it all but the sin. So let's walk right up to him and get what he is so ready to give. Take the mercy and accept the help. Amen. Scripture is clear that all of our life is about being in his presence. This is why David says in Psalms 1611, it says, you will show me the way of life, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Second Corinthians 6.16 says, And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. That means that God is living in us. His presence is in us. Again, we don't have to have any separation. We can live with this presence in us. Love that song that we sing, your presence is heaven to me. You can have heaven living in you. The joys, the power, the passion that comes behind it, that fire that only comes from the Holy Spirit can live in you. It's not an event or a place. It's a life experience to be lived. 2 Corinthians 6.16 says this, it says, uh, sorry, said that one, but Ezekiel 36.27 says, I will put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and live by my commands. Come on now, sometimes we know it's hard to live out this life, but he says, I will put my spirit in you and make it possible. Now, he doesn't say it's going to be easy, it's going to be a cakewalk, but he said it will be possible. 2 Timothy 1.14 says, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted with you. Again, these are just more scriptures saying, look, God is living in you. I want you guys to get that. I want you guys to see that, that the entire work is about God being able to live in you and through you. Again, it's not about this place. This is great. This is where we come and we get fed and we can go out to continue living it. It's not about just his word. His word right here, these scriptures, is what helps us have that understanding of what he wants to do in us. It's what draws us closer to him. A lot of people know scriptures. Pharisees knew scriptures, but they didn't know his living spirit inside of them. That's the difference. That's the difference between what we're building here at our church and what other churches might be doing. And that's no diss to any other church, but that's to say what we're doing here is different. What we're doing here is trying to build people who live in a constant relationship with the Father. Romans 8 9 says, uh, but you're not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the spirit if you have the spirit of God living in you. 
like what it says, it says, and remember, those who do not have the spirit of Christ living in them, they don't belong to him at all. That's a challenge. If you're not living with the presence of God in you, then you don't belong to him. Think about what that means. The Bible says in another scripture, you know, there, there's people who say that they know him, but when they get there, he goes, I don't know you. Because they don't belong to him because they haven't spent their life living in his presence. This isn't a one-time event. This is an ongoing experience. Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, come on now, lives in you. We all want to make excuses and say, oh, well, God doesn't, isn't with me or, you know, oh, I can't see him. But he says so clearly through all these scriptures, he is not just with you or alongside you. He is in you. He gives you the power to do whatever it is that you need to do to walk out this life fully for him. To have that experience with him. So that when you come to church and you get that awesome experience and you get that spiritual high, it don't have to stay here. It doesn't have to stay at convention or camp, my city, whatever you want to call it. It goes with you. It lives in you. It is with you every day. That same passion, that same fire that was burning in you when you first got into his presence, you can take that to work. You can take that to school. You can take that to the park. You can take that to the coffee shop. Wherever you are, you take that with you because it is in you. Come on now. That's more than just, oh, this is an event. This is something I do. No, this is something I live. John 2.27 says, But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. You don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. What he teaches is true, and it's not a lie. Just as Jesus taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Again, when this Holy Spirit is living in us, you ever hear people say, oh, there was a check in my spirit, right? That's where that comes from. When the Holy Spirit is living in you, those things that, you know, you got to go, oh, well, I don't know if this guy's teaching truth or not. Well, the Spirit's in you. He'll teach you what is true and what's not. So when somebody says something that's off put and you don't know, that Spirit says, hey, that's not, that's not for me. Or it says, Yes, grab a hold of that. That's my word. Hold on to it. Live that. Cling to that. But again, we got to have the Spirit living. Come on now. You guys got to start getting it better than that. You got to have the Holy Spirit living. Come on. That's good. We got to get this. He wants to live in us. It's not something that's easy for me to come up here and preach or speak about because it's honestly, it's not something that's easy to live. I miss the ball at times. There are times where my flesh gets in the way and there's things that I put in front of God and I don't get into his presence every day. But 
the more that I get into his presence, the more that those things, those walls, those barriers that hold me back, they become secondary. And I'm not saying the fleshly things is in all the sinful stuff. All right, that'll hold you back too. But there are things that can get in your way sometimes that aren't that bad. All right. Oh, well, it's because I got to get up in the morning and take my kids to school, and I don't like getting up early before that or whatever. Okay, that's good. You want to make sure your kids get to school. All right, the law likes that too. Um, but before I do that, I got to get into his presence. Before I walk out my door, before my feet hit the ground off my bed, I got to get into his presence. And all those other distractions that I put before him won't get in the way because I'm not putting them before him. I'm putting him before everything else. And the things that I need to weed out in my life, they'll start falling down along with that. Because I already got the direction from the Father. So when those things pop up, I can go, you know what? I spent time with God this morning, and that wasn't more important than this. So I can just kind of put that in the bucket. And all those other little things that would distract us from living in this relationship with God. Again, the more that we dive into his presence, the more clarity there'll be. Again, it's not easy. There's an old saying that says the the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. It's something that we choose to do every day. We take a step closer and closer. But the beautiful thing is his word tells us that it's not only possible, but it's what he wants for us. It's not just something that is out there for us, but it's something that he wants for us. It's possible for me to go and get a scratch off and win a million dollars. That don't mean that's what he wants for me. It's a possibility I can win. But there's a greater possibility that if I went to work, I'd get a check. There's so much more than just trying to take a guess at God. When we dive into his presence, we get to know him for real. We get to know who he is to us for real, what he means to us for real. As I was thinking about this word relentless, I was thinking about, well, what's the opposite of relentless. It's complacency. The opposite of being relentless for something is just being complacent with where you're at. Complacency, that's, the, that's a deadly foe for all the spiritual growth. Complacency will hold you back. Complacency will tell you, I've been sick, still gonna be sick, I'm gonna get sick again when I get better. Complacency will say, well, my last 10 jobs sucked. So my next job, sure, I'll get a raise, but it's still going to suck. Complacency will make you settle for whatever it is that you're at instead of being relentless to pursue what he wants to give you. 
Complacency will do nothing but hold you back. But there's got to be something in you. There's got to be something in you that you're sick and tired of being sick and tired of. There's got to be something in you that you're done living with. I'm done doing this circle that don't work. I'm done trying the same thing to only get in the same place. What's that old saying? I'm, uh, I'm done uh, running on a treadmill. I'm getting nowhere quick. <laughs> now, complacency doesn't have to do with the treadmill. If you need to get on the treadmill, do your thing, whatever. <laughs> I personally need to get on the treadmill, but I'm not going to lie, I've been a little complacent about that one. But anyway, my wife's over here laughing like, yeah, you do. <laughs> By the way, I got to give a shout out to my wife. This Wednesday will be uh, three years married. Uh, I'm so blessed to have her in my life. And I want to make sure that everybody knows how special she is to me. Complacency will keep you from saying romantic stuff on the spot. I don't want to settle for just where we're at in our relationship. <laughs> I want to have a powerful, deeper relationship. It's the same way, I hope it is in all your marriages, but not just in your marriage, in your pursuit of God, in your relationship with your kids. I don't want my kids to just know me as, you know, for, for me, it's the guy who puts them in the pen, but... You know, hopefully y'all don't do that. <laughs> I'm not a parent. I don't know how things go sometimes, you know. I know there's baby leashes too, but. <laughs> but as a parent, I don't want my kids just to know me as the guy who puts them on time out or the guy that puts food on the table. Some of y'all know that, Dad. He was great. He did a good job. He put food on the table. I never had to worry about anything. There's more to that. There's more than that. If you're with your dad, don't look at him right now. <laughs> See some of y'all turn around. Yeah, you give me food, bro. Thanks for my sprint bill. There's so much more to having a relationship with the father. And I know not everybody has that relationship with the parent. But there is a relationship with God that is so much more than just your get out of jail free card. There's so much more than just when I was stuck, when I was in a bind, when I was hurting. There's so much more than that. See, when we live in his presence, again, it don't matter what the season is. We have that fullness in him. When I'm having good times, I'm giving him praise. I'm thanking him. I'm thanking him for the things that are going to come in my way soon, and he's already got the answer for it. And when I'm in the bad times, I'm going, God, I already seen you do some things in my life. Not tripping off what this one is. He's going to do it again. The more that we're in his presence, the more that we're able to have confidence in who he is, what he's done, and what he's going to do. I shared with you guys last time that I had just lost my job, I think, the last time uh, that I spoke. I went four months without a job. And you know, during that whole time, because I had been living in his presence, there was no fear in me. 
that I wasn't going to get another job or that I was going to have to settle for something less or that the circumstances weren't going to change because I lived in his presence. I was, I'm living in his presence. So when those things, those obstacles come in my way, because I'm already in him and he's in me, I'm not even tripping. Because I'm living in relationship with him. I know that he's been telling me, I got you. Just because I don't got a job don't mean he don't got me. Just because I'm sick don't mean he don't got me. Just because I'm going through problems at home doesn't mean that he don't got me. Doesn't matter what the circumstances are. He's got you. But if you're not spending time in his presence, how are you going to know? How are you going to know when he wants to speak all those encouraging things to you? Aside from when you come into counter with somebody who's been in his presence. A lot of us, we rely on that. Oh, man, I got to get to church on Sunday. I know pastor's been in his word, and he's going to give me that, that hot word from the Lord, that fresh word that I need to hear. That's cool. And pastor's got you. And our staff's got you. And your leaders around here, they got you. But you know who's got them? God. Because they're in his presence. Because we spend time in his presence. You don't need us. That word says you don't need anybody to teach you about it. We'll help you out. We're here for you. We're here to support you and encourage you like I'm doing this morning. But all you need is time in his presence with the spirit. Whatever it is you're struggling with this morning, all you need is time in his presence with the spirit. He supplied you everything that you already need. You don't have to know all the answers. Yeah, it's nice that I can pull all these scriptures, but these scriptures come from me spending time in his presence. It's nice that I have something to fall back on you and got to take my word for it, that that's here. But you can get these answers for yourself. You can spend time in his presence. But you got to be relentless about it. You can't be complacent. You can't settle for just, okay, I'll try or whatever. I'm, I'm sure it'll help me. You know, it'll be good. It'll, you know, it'll encourage me. No, it'll do so much more than that. It'll transform you. When you walked around with anger, when, he, when his presence is living in you, you can't walk around all angry. You can't be Oscar the Grouch if you got the Holy Spirit living in you. You can't. You can't be uh, Eeyore <laughs> if you're living in his presence. Hey, guys. How you doing there, bud? Um, I guess I'm breathing. You guess you're breathing? <laughs> you're breathing, bro. I am. You can't do that if you got his spirit living in you. When your spirit is living in you, before people ask you how you doing, you go, hey, how you doing, man? I'm blessed today. I'm excited because God has given me breath. Man, somebody tried to cut me off today, and I just said, oh, hallelujah. Okay, maybe not that. It, it, it takes a minute to get there. But, but the things that used to just get you all frustrated, all depressed, all worried, all anxious, 
That's just a raindrop. All right? You can kick that dirt off your shoulder. <laughs> because the Holy Spirit's living in you, and, and those things, they're so secondary to his presence. The things that try to weigh you down, the things that try to stop you and hold you back are so secondary to his presence. They're so quick to drive over. I'll be honest, I'm somebody who, uh, I don't do good with road rage. Um, I know everybody laughs because I'm, I'm very chill, but especially when I have my loved ones in the car, when it's just me in the car, I, can, I tend to be like, all right, cool, whatever. Go ahead, bro. When I got somebody I love in the car, whether it's my wife, my brother and sister, my family, my dog, whoever it is in the car that I care about, and y'all tailgate me, that's a big pet peeve of mine. Cut me off. My wife's nodding, yeah, she hates when people are on his tail. I can't stand it, right? And when somebody that I care about, it's even worse. But, again, as I continue to dive in his presence, it's so secondary. When I would yell and say some things that ain't in the word, that, that, that's not there because, all right, this dude's in a hurry. Let me get over if I can. All right, let, let him get where he needs to be safely because the way he's driving, he's going to need some prayer. All these things that would normally upset us, again. All these things, that, all these obstacles, again. When I lost my job, I've lost jobs before. Or I've been stuck in a dead-end job before. And I've been frustrated before. I've been upset before. I was, uh, actually, I only lost one other job, to be honest. Um, but I was doing window tinting. And for me, it was a big raise from what I was doing. But I was terrible at it. If, any, if I ever offer you to help, just remember this word, because I'm terrible at window tinting. Mostly because I'm a big dude, all right? They get a little Honda Fit, and they say, hey, uh, can you uh, go tint the back seat? I'm all <laughs> trying to squeeze myself in there to do it. But out of nowhere, again, I was in training. They called me into their office at the end of the day and said, hey, man, uh, some things are going on. They kind of tried to gently let me go. But long story short, I lost that job, and I was excited because I was in a serious relationship with my girlfriend, who's now my wife. And I was like, okay, this is you know, a good-paying job. I'm going to have benefits soon. You know, there's plenty of hours. I'll be able to have enough income to provide what I need. And then that went away. And so I had to go back to working at this hardware store where the first night I had to clean up the bathrooms and to keep your all stomach safe, it was all bad. All right? And I came home, and I was upset. I was so mad. God, I thought I was doing better, man. I was so upset. And at that time, it's not that I wasn't living in his presence. I just wasn't really committed to it the way I have been now. It was a Sunday service, maybe a little bit of the, the after glory, after service. You know, I'll pray for my food as well. And then as the week kind of goes, and you know, dropped off. 
And then Friday when I had to teach the college group, it picked back up because I got to make sure I'm in that word today. It's not about being in that word that day. It's about living in it. So when I lost that job, I was upset. I was frustrated. I cried. I came home, and I was telling my mom I was so mad. I was like, dude, why would God do this to me? I've been doing everything right. I sacrificed so much to do what I'm supposed to be doing. And, you know, this. This was supposed to help me out for the future. But I hadn't been in his presence the way I needed to be. See, because if I was in his presence, like the way I was this last time when I lost my job, I would have been able to say, you know what? He's always provided for me. He's already got this worked out. He's already got my next job lined up. And in fact, it's going to be better than what I was doing. If I thought that was a raise, this next one's going to be better. You know what's awesome? The job that I lost in October, on paper, I was not qualified for. Not even close. And I got that job. Out of 700 applicants, it came down to three people, and I was the only one that got the job. I didn't do that. On paper, I was not qualified whatsoever to have that. So when I lost this job, I go, you know what? I already got something that I wasn't supposed to be in. So this next job, if they ask for a PhD, I'm just going to sign up. <laughs> es que... I'll just do it. Why? To feel called to it. He's already provided the way for me to get there. But I only find those answers through spending time in his presence. And coming to church is not enough for that. It is good. I am not knocking being here at all. You must be here. But it's not enough. He doesn't call us to come to church. He calls us to be disciples. And being disciples means I'm following him every day. I got to leave whatever it is that I'm doing to follow him. If there's something that I'm not supposed to be doing or that I'm holding on to, I need to let that go. I got to let go of anything else that doesn't direct me to being in him and in his presence. The disciples had to let go of everything that they had to be around Jesus. You know what the nice part is? That through his work, we don't have to follow somebody around all day. <laughs> all right? I don't have to uh, ask Cheeto, hey, what are you doing tomorrow morning? Okay, um, well, I'll have the car ready. I'll actually be sleeping outside because i got to make sure I'm around you to follow what the Lord's directing you to do. Um, and then wherever you're going, I'll take you. And uh, if you want me to, like, I don't want your hand to cramp up, I'll write stuff for you if you need me to, um, whatever the case is. Cheeto's like, ooh, that sounds like a good job description. <laughs> You don't have to do that anymore. All you have to do is simply call on him. All you have to simply do is just take that first step. You might stumble around a couple steps, but as long as you keep doing and don't settle for falling down and staying there, you'll get back up and continue to pursue him. Diego, if you can help me out, and uh, if I can have the twins help me out, doesn't matter what the circumstances are, what your issues are, what's holding you back. doesn't matter what's going on in your life if you're relentless. 
guys can come up here. See, I think about the woman with the issue of blood, right? She had issues, and she was carrying them around, right? And, uh, and in order to get to his presence, she had to take her issues and be relentless in getting there. You guys can stand up with me. I'll start to close out right here. Get you to hometown real quick. Actually, it's a dim sum place now. But. Whatever your issues are that you are carrying around this morning, you don't have to carry them around. You just have to bring them to his presence. But there's going to be some things in your way. There's going to be some, uh, some Green Bay... Packers, linemen in the way. There's going to be some Broncos in the way. But you got to be relentless that no matter what I'm carrying, I got to get over there to his presence. I got to fight my way to his presence. See, I've been carrying this sickness for a long time, but over there, there is healing. And I got to get my way over there. I've been carrying this stress around for so long, but in his presence, there is peace. I've been hopeless for so long, but in his presence, there is hope that will never end. I've been lonely for so long. Some of y'all started singing in your head. I've been lonely for so long, but over there, there is a home. There is a father waiting with his arms open to receive me, to bring him into his family. I've been caring so much for so long, but I just got to get it into his presence. I just got to do whatever it takes, no matter what's standing in my way, to get it into his presence. I got to make sure that I can get this into his presence because when it is in his presence it ain't on me anymore but every day I got to do this every day I got to push through every day I got to be relentless to get to him because if I'm not then I'm just here carrying my weight carrying my problems, holding on to them, saying, I'm just going to have to live with this. But that's not his will. His will is that we should push into his presence, bring our issues to his presence, and never have to touch him again. And every time that I think about those issues and I go back to look at them, I go, oh, wait, he's still holding them. But I'll find that when I'm in his presence. Because if not, I'll forget. I'll forget what happened, what he did. But if I'm constantly pressing and pushing to get closer to him, I'll know who holds all my anxieties, all my fears, all my failures. I'll know who has it. I don't know what you're going through this morning. I don't know what you're carrying but I know where you can drop it and leave it.
and that's in his presence. If that's you this morning, I'm not going to make a big, long altar call. I'm just going to say, come right now and bring it to his presence. Come to this altar right now. Whatever it is that you're carrying, whatever it is that you're struggling with, whatever it is that's holding you back, take it right now and bring it to his presence where you can leave it. See, because I know what it's like. I went through abuse and molestation as a child, and I carried it for 18 years. I didn't know what to do with it, and I just carried it. And I tried so many other things to try to release it, but all I did was throw more in that bag. But one day I came to the altar, and I said, God, you know what I've been through. You know my problems. You know my struggles. You know what I'm dealing with. I want to leave it here. You know that old saying that stresses that monkey on your back? Well, I felt like mine was an ape. But after I was done praying and bringing it into his presence and pushing into his presence, I remember standing up, and there was more than just a spiritual weight lifted. I stood up, and I felt lighter. I stood up and said, whoa, that's gone. That ain't on me no more. And every day I had to push into his presence and remind myself that all that stuff that I went through, that I brought to his presence, that I continue to daily bring to his presence, he's still holding it. I'm not. I can live in freedom because he's got my issues already covered, already held. And he still is ready to hold on to more of them. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Well, I hope you've been encouraged by the word of God. And if you have, go ahead and subscribe to our podcast or download our free app at the App Store. And you can continue to get word every week from Elevate Life Church.